Hi, I'm Kyle Rittenhouse, and my life was ruined by the fake news media. They called me a racist, they called me a murderer, and I am neither of those things. My reputation was destroyed by these fake news turkeys. Luckily, my good friend from Silicon Valley, the CEO of Mint Studios, Mint Chip, had a great idea. The Kyle Rittenhouse turkey shoe. That's right, Kyle. When I saw how these fake news turkeys operated, I had to start coding immediately. Gamers will get to play as Kyle Rittenhouse using a highly specialized laser gun to strike down any turkey that spreads lies, propaganda, or liberal bias. Each player will battle the fake news through a series of levels that are filled with dangerous turkeys. Everyone will get to see what Kyle has to go through each and every day. I think your supporters will love it. So when's the game coming out? And how can people buy it? It's actually available right now. Really? Yup. We're not clucking around. Go to RittenhouseGame.com to purchase immediately. Cluck yeah. These fake news turkeys are terrible. It's the fake news turkey shoot. Got a laser gun going pew pew pew. Filing lawsuits. And we about to bankrupt the fake news. Go to RittenhouseGame.com. Out now. Dude, it's the fake news turkeys. It's the fake news turkeys. Happy Thanksgiving. This will come out a few days after Thanksgiving. Uh, and I feel it's appropriate to to keep a turkey-themed episode. And Kyle Rittenhouse is destroying these fake news turkeys by developing a video game where it's him killing turkeys. And... Um, you know, I, I am, I am, I, I'm just really amazed at his, his life, truly. You, you know, you're born, you know, semi-retarded in Wisconsin or Michigan or wherever the fuck. And, uh, you shoot a pedophile and a, another, pretty sure he was a felon, that ended up chasing after you during the summer of 2020 riots post George Floyd knee on the neck death and you're now a conservative mouthpiece with a pretty hot girlfriend right with a pretty hot girlfriend the ascent to stardom is pretty amazing if you study his ascent Kyle Rittenhouse's ascent um, he has carved out a new path uh, for the mentally retarded to be successful you know, if most of the time for the retarded to be successful, you have to get on a reality TV show, you have to get on the local news and start, like, you can't be completely retarded, you have to be like Down Syndrome, but kind of smart, so you started a society for Down Syndrome, where you're like, you have like groups where you go and you understand each other in a room, in, a, in an unfurnished room with fucking chairs that screech when you move a little bit, you just do that. That's, how, that's a way, but you can also, if you're listening and you're mentally retarded, you can go to Wisconsin during a riot in the summer of 2020 and shoot two people who were attacking you, and then you can be successful, and you can have a game that's dedicated to you. So that's cool. It's pretty cool. 
Most people don't look at the Kyle Rittenhouse story as one that carves out an avenue for success for the mentally disabled. I that's exactly how I look at this. I don't politicize this at all. I don't th- I don't think about the 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 idea of him having a gun at the age of 18, 19, 16, 17, what was he? I think he was 17. I think he was a minor. So the 17-year-old having a gun is should that be legal? I you know, what was he doing? Should he was it his fault? I don't care. I don't care about the court case at all. I don't care about whether or not he shot them righteously or not. I don't care. I care very little about the specs of this circumstance. I care very little about the specs of what the mainstream media pushed, and I care very little about the truth in this particular circumstance. I care about an overarching theme that has been lost upon the populace because they're too divided politically. He has carved out a way for the mentally retarded to be successful. It's a fact of the matter. You can look at it any which way. You can feel about it how you want to. He has carved out a highway of expedited success for the mentally feeble, which is more than I can say about any child being exploited to push the left's agenda. I have not, th- I have not seen them being a fucking, of oh, goddamn... What do you call that? A, pil- a pilgrim? Uh, a, a, what do you call it when you, you you carve out new land? You're a... Whatever. Pioneer. He's a, he's a pioneer, Kyle Rittenhouse. A true pioneer for the retarded. Good for him. Good for him. I'm sure he'll make a lot of money. And I'm sure... He will hit the age, the ripe old age of 25 and fall out of fashion for the right and then uh, turn to illicit drug use and uh, will most likely be deemed a, what would you call it, a taboo sexual life. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he will go on to be the leader of the Republican Party. Maybe he will go on to replace Mitch McConnell. Who knows? At this point, I would I would happily set Kyle Rittenhouse um, in Mitch McConnell's position. He could probably do a hell of a lot better than Mitch McConnell. You say, Zach, how could he be? He's not coherent. He doesn't. Exactly. We don't need coherent people in political positions. We don't need them. It's, it's not, when people are coherent and get set into positions of power like that, they tend to get power hungry. If the, if the people in political positions don't know where the fuck they are or why they're there or what, you know, you know, what the, the, the trilateral commission is, that's good. We don't need them being smart. The smarter the person is that goes into a political position, the worse they become. They be, they're, they're, they're more easily corrupted. And you say, Zach, that means Joe Biden should be the textbook candidate for president. Well, ideally, yes. Yes. A person of his intellectual capacity, yes. That's who I would prefer be in power. But, uh, unfortunately, prior to his slow, or actually not slow, somewhat rapid slide into dementia, um, he was one of the worst and most corrupt politicians uh, in recent history. So that has carried over, 
and the people that surround him in his cabinet um, and in the Democratic Party were people who were also profiteering based on intellectual, or uh, I shouldn't say, I should say intellectual, uh, corrupt and political mechanics that he himself was profiting off of. Very much Pelosi type, very much a Schumer type, um, and to be quite honest, very much a, a Mitch McConnell type. It's not a, it's not a party-based thing. But, um, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse, he's getting good while he can, and good for him, I suppose. Good for him, I suppose. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He's literally the exact opposite of Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking had a working brain and a completely fucked body. Rittenhouse has a has a very well-working body and a completely fucked brain. And so, you know, you, 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 you present the opposite ends of the paradigm to the public and they're going to eat it up because the, uh, the fringes of this particular paradigm seem to be very captivating to the American audience. Um, but yes, he, uh, he has a new game out. And uh, it is coincidental because there was another mass shooting at like a, night, at a gay nightclub. And the, a guy shot up a gay nightclub because he wasn't gay. I, I don't know. This is what... I don't understand these things. Where it's like, there's a guy who isn't gay and he just can't fucking get over how gay these motherfuckers are being in these clubs. And so he's got to go take care of it himself. And, uh, you know, the father of the, the, the perp is a uh, ex-porn star, ex-semi-celebrity who was on Celebrity Rehab. He was addicted to meth. There's videos of him trying to sell supplements door-to-door and pro- to prove the, the, the quality of the supplements that he's selling to these people. He would uh, have his, his uh, cohort kick him in the balls repeated, repeatedly, just constant. And um, I don't know, it's a very odd story. It's a very odd story, and the, the the narrative that's kind of working its way around the mainstream is that, oh, this this guy who shot up the gay club, his father was being interviewed by, I don't even know, who was like a local news station who was like wound up saying, you know, he wasn't, he didn't seem to care that his, his son was in, uh, you know, that he shot and murdered a bunch of innocent people, but that he was in the gay club. And then when it came out that he was, he shot up the gay club because he didn't like gays. The dad was relieved. I don't know. It just seems weird. I'm not saying it's a hoax. I don't take this as me saying it's a hoax, folk, folks. It's a hoax, folks. It's not a hoax, folks. I'm not a hoax, folks. I'm not a hoax. I'm not a hoax, folks guy. You know that. But it's just weird. I don't know. It could all be true, but if you're the son of a meth-addicted ex-porn star who gets kicked in the nuts repeatedly for and and he's selling, you know, un completely unsupervised and probably really dangerous supplements, who the fuck knows what those what that sperm is going to turn into, dude? And I can't imagine the woman that this man impregnated was, you know, cream of the crop, Harvard graduate. Can't imagine. And so God knows what that created. That fucking sperm with that egg. Holy Christ. That's like fucking... Like that that sperm and that egg coming together was like Oppenheimer creating the fucking atomic bomb. It's just... It's, it's going to happen. You know? 
It's a never-before-seen scientific war experiment. That's what you're creating if you have these two parties engaging in sexual intercourse. It is what it is. And I, I don't mean to say it is what it is in the sense that I, I don't empathize with the, uh, the victims and the families of the victims. That's not true. I do. It's tough. Um, and he went in there with a crazy-ass birthmark on his face and neck and uh, just shot up a bunch of gay people who weren't doing anything. They were just being gay. Let me tell you something, folks. Just being gay, that's fine. Not that I have to tell you, folks. I don't. I don't expect that any of my fans are going to shoot up a gay nightclub. And by the way, if you shoot up a nightclub, if you let me tell you something, let me tell you something. He that fat fuck with the birthmark. He was definitely gay. You don't shoot up a gay nightclub if you're not gay. This is how. See, see what I'm doing. I am utilizing homophobia to combat hom- homophobia. I'm saying, oh, you go shoot up a nightclub. What are you gay? You shoot up again. Are you fucking gay? That's how you do it, dude. You weaponize the ideology that led to the violence in the first place to prevent it in the future. That's what you do. That's what I do. And that's what you should do, too. But Biden, since the shooting, has called for a, a ban of all assault weapons. Right? No more selling assault weapons, which, of course, what is the definition of assault weapon? Ah, it seems like it's it's long guns. It seems it's the AR-15. You know, nobody gives a shit about, you know, a lot of... If there's a gun with a lot of wood on it and and no forceps and everything, then people seem to think, oh, it's a hunting rifle. But the minute someone gets an AR-15, even though it doesn't have the... You know, the it, there's, there's shotguns that do a hell of a lot more damage than an AR-15. Okay, and maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know that much about guns, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. And, um, you know, so he says assault weapons. I don't know what that means. He'll never get it done. He'll never get it done. You're never going to ban all. I think he said at one point he mentioned the the term semi-automatic, I believe, which is insane because semi-automatic just means pull the trigger once and one bullet comes out. That's all. That's every fucking gun, dude. Stops is semi-automatic. What's less than semi-automatic? I guess that I'm. I, I don't know. What is lo- what is a lower tier of of firing capacity than than semi-automatic? I don't know. I don't know. I'm unsure. Maybe semi-automatic means you pull the bullet and you don't have to do a like. There's not a weird long uh, process to reload. I don't know. I do not know. But Semi-automatic simply means you pull the trigger once, one bullet comes out, you pull the trigger again, another bullet comes out. And so the idea to ban all of those is insane. And I'm not a person who is even a, a gun rights maximalist. I, I, so I, I, I don't even know where I fall on the gun control policy spectrum. So I'm not, I guess I don't, I don't think it's probably good to completely deregulate all weapons trading and purchasing. I don't... My best guess, and I'm retarded, by the way, so libertarians listening, don't get all riled up. My best guess is that that will probably, at least for the short term, at least for the short term, lead to some pretty damaging 
social consequences. That's my best guess. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I don't I don't think that the complete deregulation of guns is necessarily going to make us safer. Um, and I don't think, you know, some people say, well, it's not about being safe. It's, it's about having rights. Okay, fair enough. I don't really have an argument back to that. I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't think that people's safety necessarily should outweigh rights then the question becomes, should it be a right that it's written directly into the Constitution? What does the Second Amendment mean? Did the founders mean um, weapons of all kinds? Did they mean, oh, a well-regulated militia means that that it's these types of weapons and not that? I don't know. Pro- my best guess is that the founders literally meant any type of weapon, and, you know, good on them. I don't know if that all people should be able to get their hands on weapons, I don't even know if there's an efficient way of stopping that. I don't know. It's a very complex issue. Um, but all I do know is that the idea of federally legislating the control of weapon flow in this country makes me nervous. Um, it does make me nervous. And I've already... I've already given the pre the pre approval or the pre whatever statement that I'm not necessarily even a gun right maximalist. I don't think that everybody should own guns. Maybe there should be regulations. I don't know how to put those in place in any type of fair manner, but I can say that I, I my best guess is that it that wouldn't be so great. But a sweeping federal reg- legislation that would ban all assault, assault weapons or any type of weapon makes me nervous. And the reason that that makes me nervous is because a f- sweeping federal ban on anything makes me nervous. I don't I don't subscribe to the idea of federal legislation. The only way that you truly believe that federal legislation, which is the power to make a definitive policy over every single individual, right? That that uh, has the authority over every sing- single individual is to believe that you know best, and because that's at the root, right? You say, "Well, this is going to be imposed on literally everybody, including the people that disagree." That means that you believe that you know best. That's insanely egotistical. And not only do you believe that you know best, you believe that you know best, and that everybody else should have to subscribe to your ideology based on the egotistical belief that you do know best. I don't believe that. That is the epitome of ideological supremacy. That makes me nervous. That makes me nervous. And one of the things that um, sort of feeds into that, of the, the idea that federal legislation is a symbol of ideological supremacy, is the idea that people will lean on democracy to uh, to to back up their idea to say okay well most people voted for such and such and so that means that I'm right and my idea was right because everybody else most people agree with me and that means it should be set in stone law but that's mob rule. That is mob rule. You cannot deny the fact that 
if if you believe that 51% of people believe something and that because of that they should be able to impose their particular beliefs over the other 49%, that is mob rule. You say, no, that's democracy. Well, it's also mob rule. You say, no, mob rule is different. How? 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 I'm not saying democracy is a failure of a of a political, you know, a political structure. It seems to be crumbling a bit. It, there's cer- we're certainly going through our ups and downs here in democracy land. But to, the idea that democracy has no semblances of mob rule is just insane. Now, I can't sit here and tell you I have a better alternative. Maybe anarchy. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows what that would lead to? But the idea that, you know, if 51 says yes and 49% say no, I mean, that that begs the question, like, what the, that is mob rule. I mean, Jesus, it's so close, but because just the other side had just a few more people, now all these 49% have to bow to their, to their masters because they had a few more people? Mob rule is not necessarily always accurate. It's not always correct. It's not always moral. In fact, mob rule tends to oftentimes be, um, you know, revisited throughout history as being not so great. Groupthink tends to lead people down bad paths. And I'm not saying necessarily that this is this, uh, you know, that the, the, the idea of gun control or, or whatever. I'm not saying that that's this is that, but I'm saying that the people who lean on democracy as the idea that they can then impose regulations on individuals from a federal standpoint makes me nervous. So I don't like it when I hear, uh, well, Barack Obama, he's basically Barack Obama, Joe Biden saying, oh, we need to ban the sale of all quote-unquote assault weapons. That's insane. And by the way, it's again, it's not going to happen. It's just the idea that we have a sitting president saying these things is what's a bit paranoia-inducing, right? The idea that you believe that the federal government, because they're in agreement with your particular thought on this particular topic, should have uh, the ability to legislate um, and and basically create policy that controls... Everybody in the country is it truly to believe that you are a person who uh, uh, you or a person who happens to agree with you is supreme. Federal government is the epitome of ideological supremacy. And those who lean on the idea of democracy are also leaning on the idea of mob rule. Now I'm not sit- I, certainly I'm not saying that communism is better any I have yet to come across something that I think will be a smooth you know I maybe anarchy maybe maybe I don't know but I'm not saying I have the, I'm sitting here and have a better better alternative I don't I'm retarded I'm watching Fox News with the fucking with the with the subtitles on and there's a guy in a flannel talking about tech and I'm sitting on a couch and I'm drinking 
pH balanced water, and I'm a retard. I'm not saying that I have the answer. It's just I'm saying that maybe we should be we should we should analyze how we perceive federal government and democracy itself. I'm not saying we should throw it out immediately, but maybe we should try to try to look at all angles here. You got to look at all angles. That's what I'm saying. You try to look at all angles. That's what Kyle Rittenhouse did. He saw all the angles, and he knew he knew that there were two people coming after him because he happened to look at all the angles, and he shot them, and they're dead now. Or one of them is dead. Or two of them are dead. One of them is dead. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And now he has a video game. And he's retarded. Right? A retard looks at all angles, makes a decision, commits, and now he has a video game and a lot of money and like 800,000 Twitter followers and a hot girlfriend. What's stopping you? You're not retarded. Maybe start looking at things from all angles is all I'm saying. It's the holiday season, right? Just look at things from all angles. That's all. That's all. Um, what else is I got? I got notes, dude. I got fucking. <laughs> I can think. I came heavy today. No, I didn't. I have two notes actually. I thought I had a lot more. I could have swore I had multiple topics. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I got riled up. Maybe not. Maybe I misremembered. Maybe I was in an amnesiatic state. That's what that's how Graham Hancock says amnesia. He says amnesia. Is the human race a species that's been subject to amnesia historically? Graham Hancock is a investigative journalist that has studied history and geology and geography and and believes that there were advanced civilizations around the era of the last ice age that were wiped out by a cataclysmic event. And uh, he has been fighting what he says is the mainstream uh, archaeological front uh, because if he is proven correct, the history that we have presented to our people to our mankind, is way the fuck off, and, uh, you know, all the history books would have to be rewritten, everybody would have to eat crow in this, in this uh, domain, and he believes that, uh, you know, if we sort of, if we dive in on these advanced civilizations with more advanced technology than we believe has ever existed uh, amongst the Amongst the ancients, uh, we could learn a lot, and I maybe I agree with him, maybe I don't. But the point that I'm trying to bring up is that I, the only reason that I watched it's a documentary on Netflix, and I've also seen him on Rogan. I'm a ha- I have one of his books. I haven't read it. It's a big book. It's threatening. It makes me nervous. I see a big book in my bookcase. I go stop. You stop. What are you trying to intimidate me? I'm gonna stand up, and then I get real. I have to stand up for myself, and then I go over there, and I look at it in the eye I look at it in the fucking uh, in the spine of the book I look at it and I say you don't intimidate me I can read I can read I'm not a woman in the 1500s I can read and then I don't read it but he did come out with a documentary on Netflix that uh, 
that uh the fuck my girlfriend's texting me that uh basically is is saying that the the history that has been presented in the mainstream is just not true and i am i am inclined to believe him a bit you know you know me i'm a spiracies and scandals guy i'm a spiracies and scandals guy you know that you know goddamn well i'm a spiracies and scandal guy all right I don't even believe that OJ did it. Just so you know, I don't believe that OJ did it. That's a fact. You might say, Zach, you're insane. He definitely did it. No, I don't think he did it. I think his son did it. I think his son did it. His son had a history of mental illness. His son had attempted to stab his ex-girlfriend. His son, who was seeing a therapist, was deemed by that therapist uh very very mentally ill his son uh i forget where he worked but they had a they had a timesheet where they'd clock in and clock out a punch card that day that anna nicole or or who not anna nicole smith some some something brown um anna nicole brown or anna nicole someone anna anna is this is the anus brown anus brown was stabbed along with a Jewish man, brutally, and, 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 uh, what would you call it? There was a superlative amount of stab wounds to Jessica something Brown and her friend Gold, I don't know, make up a last, make up a Jewish last name, I don't care. Everybody else in the company that, that, O.J. Simpson's son worked at punched out with the machine in and out. He wrote his, uh, he wrote with a pen or Sharpie or something, his, uh, his departure time. Didn't use the punch card. Punch card has a record. You might ask, well, why would he do that? It's weird. He wrote it in manually instead of using the the punch box or whatever it is. Well, the punch box keeps a record. So why would he write that in when nobody else wrote it in? Did it happen to magically break when he was leaving? I don't know. The beanie that was found at the uh, crime scene, they tested it for OJ's hair, AG, OJ's DNA, um, it wasn't OJ's DNA, but they never tested it for OJ's son, but OJ's son is in multiple pictures wearing the beanie. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe OJ didn't do it. I don't think he did it. I truly don't think he did it. I think, and there's another, here's another thing. The day that it was found that, uh, the, the white girl and the Jew were stabbed, he hired a lawyer. O.J. Simpson hired a lawyer. Not for him, but for his son. Yeah. I believe that O.J. knew that his son did it. And when the media came after him, he was willing to take the fall for his son, which I'm not saying is honorable. The son brutally murdered uh, two innocent people. Right? I'm not 
defending OJ or his son, but I'm saying I don't believe it was OJ. I think it was his son. And I think OJ was trying to protect his son. Um, who probably, who should not have been protected. protected. He should have... OJ's son should be in prison. So, I don't know how I got on this. Spiracies and scandals. That's what it is. Spiracies and scandals, baby. Um... But yeah, so Graham Hancock, uh, he's doing he's do he's doing what the mainstream media calls pseudoscience. He is pseudoscience, and I forget who it was. One of the mainstream media outlets in England, in the UK, that uh, had described his Netflix documentary as dangerous, as you know, a, a disinformation campaign, the whole thing. And so immediately I went, uh, I, I hear dangerous and, and misinformative. That's, I want to be, all I want to be, folks, is dangerous and misinformed. That's the title. Dangerous and misinformed. All I want to be is dangerous and misinformed. That's the only way to stay, uh, to stay on top of your game against a government that's trying to suppress you. To be dangerously mentally ill and misinformed to the point where you're no longer in touch with reality. That's all I'm attempting to do. And that's all I'm attempting to do for you. I only want to misinform you so you can feel the, the, the spiritual pleasures of being dangerous and misinformed. Okay? And I don't think that that's a, a malignant adventure and responsibility to take on as a human being. I think I'm righteous. I think I'm righteous. I feel good about myself, right? I feel good about trying to misinform people and, and, and weaponize uh, the cultural divide in the country right now. I feel good about that. I feel as good as a guy who goes swimming with his watch on because he has a waterproof watch, and that's and it's cool, and he's in the pool, and he has a watch on. Everybody goes, hey, you got your watch on? He goes, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, hey, don't worry. Don't worry about it. I go, I go diving with this on. can take a 40 kilodiverhertz with pressure, and the glass won't even break. Don't even worry about it. That's how I feel. I feel like a guy who swims with his jewelry on, with his watch and his bracelet and his chain. Right? That's how I feel. I also feel like I'm about to shit my pants, so I have to take a quick sabbatical. I'm back. I forget what I was talking about. Ah, yes! My notes do not fail me. The content Hegelian dialectic. That's what I was trying to um, circle back to from the foundation of the, uh, the soliloquy about people getting in pools public most mostly public pools with their bodily accoutrements on not worrying about any damage to those accoutrements uh that could be happening in a rectangular dugout pool with water that has a dangerous amount of chlorine and urine in it they're not worried about that because they just they can buy another one right that's the whole that's the idea I forget how I was going to make this point, but the point is, oh yeah, yeah, uh, Graham Hancock's thing on Netflix. 
UK says it's dangerous and and you know it's it's disinformed misin- misinformation disinformation whatever. And so I immediately went and I watched it. I'm like five episodes in. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It provides fantastic points against the uh, mainstream historical narrative regarding uh, civilized societies and whether or not the existence of humans is plausible uh, during the Ice Age. It's fantastic. I very, I highly recommend it. But what I did notice was that I had an urgency about me the moment I realized that the mainstream media disavowed this content. And at first I was like, hey, this is good. And I saw it on Twitter, by the way, too. People were like, well, now I know what to watch. Now I know what to watch. It was like they screenshotted the article. You know, uh, what is it? Ancient something, I don't know. Ancient Apocalypse, that's what what it's called on Netflix. And uh, people screenshotted it and tweeted, well, now I know what I'm watching. And then I saw that multiple times because people on Twitter are very, very rarely original. And I realized the mainstream media and the government are probably weaponizing at this point the distrust in the media. Because what they're attempting to do, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe this is just me, hey, Maybe this is just daddy spiracy scandals, right? DSS, they call me. They call me daddy spiracies and scandals. DSAS. Daddy spiracy and scandals. The Odyssey. Daddy's daddy spiracy and scandals. That's what I am. That's what I am. And I keep warm during the winter. Um, They know that if they say, hey, this is dangerous. Don't go watch it. Don't do this. Don't do that. This is horrible. This is wrong. They know that they're going to push a specific sect of the population to to go and consume that content. They know that. They know that there is a large population of people who do not trust them, and anything that they disavow, they're going to go and fucking watch. Now, why would they do this? Why would they knowingly give this... Uh, documentary that they apparently believe is harmful, more views, more and better ratings. Why? It's because they have the hope that someone will go and watch that documentary. And I'm not saying it's going to be Graham Hancock's documentary. It could be any documentary. Take the Kyrie documentary that he, uh, he like retweeted something about, uh, you know, from a particular documentary that apparently has some unsavory, uh, you know, lines about the 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 Jews. Now, I don't know if this is true. Maybe, maybe not. I've never watched it. I don't plan on watching it. It's on Amazon Prime, and their content is shit. So I don't plan on watching it. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. However, the idea that they're going to make a big deal out of somebody watching this particular content you would assume that if it was truly dangerous, they would never mention it. They would not shed light on this, right? If this was truly, truly dangerous and they really didn't want people to watch, they would never mention it. But that's not true. They want as many people as possible to watch this documentary because they know that the more people that watch the content that they say is bad, the more likely 
somebody who watches it will do something bad, will say something bad, will tweet something bad, will post something bad, and then they will be able to tie that behavior, speech, quote, tweet, post, whatever it is, back to what they disavowed in the first place. They don't give a shit if they're perceived as being correct on that first news article about the particular documentary being harmful or misinformation or, or uh, 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 you know, a call for violence. Everybody can go, hey, go fuck yourself. It's not that. They don't give a shit if they're right about that. They don't care. What they care about is the I told you so article. What they care about is getting at least one person to watch something or to consume some type of content or media based on the fact that they said it was bad and then that person goes and does something bad so they, they, they then can completely subvert whatever it was that was in that documentary or that book or that article or whatever it is. It's a subversion technique. It's a Hegelian dialectic. It's the content Hegelian dialectic. Right, the Hegelian dialectic goes as such: you create a problem, so you can impose a solution that you wanted to impose in the first place, but would not have been able to impose without the problem happening in the first place. That's a Hegelian dialectic. This is the content-driven Hegelian dialectic. Right, and this is not new. This is this, the idea of subverting conspiracy theories or. Or, or infiltrating conspiracy theorist groups to uh, encourage violent and and ridiculous retarded behavior that's not new this there was there was a there was a, a a thesis a university thesis I think it was Harvard a Harvard law University Harvard University law thesis written by Cass Sunstein who was uh, an Obama official by the way um, uh, about subverting by infiltrating uh, conspiracy theorist communities and subverting uh, them by basically leading them down a path of of a ridiculous ideology and ridiculous behavior, right? So any normal person or person who's not necessarily caught up on uh, politics or conspiracies or culture consistently they then can label whatever it is that could pose a possible counter, a plausible counter-narrative as just psychopaths based on a few people's behavior. And so the idea that I ran to the content that the mainstream media disavowed is a bit concerning to me because we seem to be feeding into their goal, right? Now, if there's just one guy who could go get one show on some weird guy's podcast and start talking about Graham Hancock's theories. If, if, if some guy watches Graham Hancock's Netflix documentary and then goes on Nick Fuentes' show, who is a, a racist, I'm pretty sure. I don't know anything about him, but from the clips and the shit that I've seen, it's, I, think he does, I think he's not a fan of Jews. Or blacks. I think he's not a fan. That's I, I don't know. I've never really paid attention to him. I knew about him, but the rumor is that he's white, a white supremacist. I've heard some of the shit that he said, and I I I've you know in context. I've heard some of the shit that he said in context. He seems to be at least at the very least 
mildly uh, biased towards people who have a certain amount of melanin in their skin or certain people who don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior. Okay? And so if you can get one guy to mention Graham Hancock's documentary on a Nick Fuentes podcast, say, well, now the mainstream media has ammunition to dis completely subvert and dis dis uh, what do you call it? Just just uh, you know, pull the rug out from under the the Graham Hancock documentary, saying it's an intellectual fallacy and that it it uh, you know this counter narrative dissent driven. Uh, pseudoscience drives uh, a, a, a certain racist faction to, to distrusting the, the establishment more than they already do. Like, the, it's so easy. It's very easy to do. It's the government is capitalizing on our distrust of them. The mainstream media is capitalizing on our distrust of them, knowing that there's going to be a certain faction of people who gravitate toward the counter-narrative and then do some weird shit. And then they'll compartmentalize anybody who is a, a person who believes in the dissent of government or the mainstream media narrative as a person or, or, or yeah, as a person who does this, the shit that, you know, whoever watched it and did crazy shit did. That's, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does. You know what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. It's a subversion technique, Right. It's tying a group of people to one particular act. It's literally what race... It's the, it's the epitome of bias. It's the epitome of, of, of racial race baiting. It's like it's race baiting techniques all over. Like So what you do is you see one black guy commit a crime. It's a horrible crime. What he did was horrible. Okay, whatever. But now you say, well, this and he and he's listened to rap music and he did. And then you can just create an entire horrendous narrative around black culture based on one person's act. It's the same tactics. It's tribalist tactics. That's all it is. It's capitalizing on the fact that humans tend to. Uh, sort of compartmentalize uh, uh, life, their life, and, and, and social structures around them and political structures around them uh, and, and, you know, just all around be just behavior around them in a pretty broad bucket fucking uh, vague way. Humans, for the most part, generalize in a pretty... Uh, vague and unspecified way. For the most part, humans, when, you know, unless this is something that they've thought about for a while, they're not nuanced in the way that they, they perceive life and the way that they perceive other people. It's not that nuanced. That's one thing, if, if it's your mother or if it's somebody close to you, then it's very nuanced. Then you kind of understand it. But if you're just judging somebody in a coffee shop, if there's somebody having a bad day in a coffee shop and they freak the fuck out, right? Say there's a person on, a, you know, they're, they're ordering coffee and the coffee order is wrong. 
and they go, you know what? Fuck you. Get, get your fucking manager out here, you piece of shit. They're going to go, holy shit, that guy's a piece of shit. Look at how he treats people. What a disgusting pig. What a disgusting swine fucking, you know, definitely wearing a polo. Merrill's probably, right? Under Armour polo tucked into a fucking khaki shorts. What a piece of shit. He thinks he's better than everybody else. He has no respect for anybody. He has no respect for the people working hard to get his fucking... He has no respect for customer service. No respect for fucking... Okay. But... Also, you don't know what happened to him. Maybe he lost his wife. Right? Maybe he just lost his job and he's unsure how he's, how he's going to provide for his family. Maybe he... And it's not excusing his behavior, but... Humans tend to be a very, uh, very impulsive. We we judge things on a on a knee jerk reaction. We judge things based on on a superficial sight, and that superficial sight can be what we experience in a coffee shop or what we saw on Twitter, whatever. We don't tend to delve a, a bit deeper. We just react on what we see, and that partially is revolu- uh, evolution uh, speaking. That's evolution bringing to the for bringing itself to the forefront of our minds. You know, it doesn't matter if if there's some weird sh- if you see some weird shit on the grassy plains of Africa, you're a Neanderthal, you see some weird shit on the grassy plains of Africa, you don't have time to delve deep into whether or not that fucking movement had good intentions for you or not. You got to get the fuck out of there. So it's partially it's partially um instinctively baked into us that we got to judge things superficially and quickly. But the problem with that is people are so nuanced and society is so nuanced. And so that makes, there's an incompatibility with how humans judge the world and how humans exist, how humans behave. The judgment of other humans is not compatible with the behavior of the judge or the person who's being judged. If that makes sense. Maybe that doesn't make any sense. But I think it does. I think it does. And by the way, judging is normal. It's instinct. Again, you have to you have to size situations up. You can't just fucking You can't go through your whole life not being able to observe. To observe is to judge. You cannot observe something without judging it. Right. If you say, hey, that that flag over there is red. Well, instinctively, you're going to judge it, even if it's something as basic as, hey, I like red or, hey, oh, I don't like red. It's just going to happen. It has to happen. Observation without judgment would be useless. The entire reason that humans were evolved to observe their surroundings. Any animal was evolved to observe their surroundings was so they could put together an accurate judgment or at least attempt to. You have to be able to judge. Some people are better than others at judging situations and judging people and judging... You know, whatever it may be. You have to be able to judge. 
observing and judging go hand in hand. If you can't observe things, if you're non-observant, you're not very useful. You're not very useful. If you're on a, if you're completely, because to, to not be able to observe is to be unaware. To be unaware is to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is not good. It's not good. Vulnerability is to be a target. And to be a target is to be somebody who attracts negative things. So you have to be able to judge. Now, the problem is sometimes people judge without observing. Some people judge without observing. Some people have never seen the Grand Hancock documentary, and they're judging it. Some people have never sat down and talked with a black guy, but they judge black people. Some people have never... I don't know, talk to a fucking tranny and they're judging trannies. It doesn't matter. The judgment without observation is the problem. But judgment in and of itself is not bad. In fact, it's good. It's necessary. The idea of judgment. It just needs to be partnered with a good ability to observe doesn't mean you have to be right all the time. Your judgments don't have to always be right, but they do have to be accompanied by at least something of a observation founded in anecdotal truth or, uh, you know, a priority evidence, whatever it is. Your judgment has to have a foundation of observation. It's not going to be right all the time, but it will be, at least it will be a righteous, I shouldn't say righteous, I should say it's at least it's a worthwhile judgment. Those who judge without observation are nothing more than mouthpieces for the people that they heard the judgment from. Don't be a mouthpiece. A mouthpiece sounds like the guy in prison that gets fu- his fucking face fucked every day. You want to be the guy in prison that's just getting constantly skull fucked? Huh? You want to be the bitch in prison? Do you want to be the bitch in prison? No. No. Don't be a mouthpiece. Don't be a mouthpiece. To not be a mouthpiece, you have to be able to observe. To observe is to open your mind at least to the point where you can see a field of perspectives and allow those perspectives to populate your mind and you apply those different perspectives to different circumstances and try to pick each and every time the best perspective that fits the narrative that you see in front of you. And then you make the judgment. If you're not doing this, all you're doing is getting skull fucked in prison because you're the mouthpiece. You're the bitch. The sound bite repeaters. You're the bitch. The loyalist political 
activists, you're the bitch. To the people who believe that the either the Democratic Party is 100% correct or the Republican Party is 100% correct, or even the Libertarian Party is 100% correct, you're the bitch. To 100% believe in capitalistic ideas, you're the bitch. To 100% believe in communist ideas, you're the bitch. You're the bitch. To 100% believe in democracy, you're the bitch. To 100% watch one particular news outlet over, over the other, you're the bitch. To be ideologically inconsistent, to have passionate or, or, or at least, you know, to come across as passionate about particular political circumstances and then blatantly behave in a way that flies in the face of that ideology, you're the bitch. Oh, you hate executives exploiting the labor of the workers. Oh, that's nice, though, but you just got a new phone. You got a new phone case, right, for your iPhone. You know where they make the iPhones? You say, I hate the fact that we're polluting the environment. We have to go electric. I'm going to buy a Tesla. Well, don't you know, they need lithium batteries for that. They have to mine that in Africa with child slavery, which is not only harmful to the environment, but completely immoral. And yes, it is also harmful to the environment, the antithesis of what you purport to be attempting to further. Not only that, the lithium battery, the lithium elements gets to whatever factory so they can be made into a battery. That gets sent to America, to Austin, Texas. So Elon Musk and his cohorts can put together a Tesla vehicle, which then goes out onto the road and emits a higher level of tire particulate pollution than regular vehicles that run on gasoline. And then, on top of all that, you go home and you charge it with electricity that is supplied by an electricity plant that is powered with fossil fuels. You're the bitch. It's okay. It's okay. To be fair, I have a bias against Tesla owners. Not only do I believe that they're hypocritical and are not doing anything to save the environment. In fact, I think they're probably hurting the environment. If you consider the environment not only the you know, atmosphere, carbon levels, pollution, plant life, the natural environment, but also the human environment, I think you're actually a net negative that is worse than even uh, fossil fuel-powered vehicles. Personally. That's a personal opinion. 
that in your personality is also toxic to the environment. It may not pollute the atmosphere, right? It may not contribute to global warming, but your personality is contributing to a toxic environment. Okay? But enough of this. We do have to get to the list. We must. We mustn't wait any longer. The themes, the common threads in this episode, what were they? Misinformation. The gray area of, the seemingly gray area of truth. Judgment. Bias. Consumption. Vulnerability to misinformation and propaganda. All things that are very prevalent in American society, and I think they probably are the driving theme behind the list. Some may say these are stereotypes, but I don't believe that. I believe that I am more creative than that. And I will become more creative throughout the list. You will hear it. I will become more nuanced in my judgment. Again, there's another comment. My judgment of people. Okay? It's a judgment. It's a prediction. It's an observation. It is instinctual. It is natural. It is based on observation. Is it 100% accurate? I don't know. Probably not. Is it generalized? Sure. Sure. A bit. The list. Here to forth. That I declare upon to you, unto you, upon to you, upon to you, I used a feather dipped in ink to write this. It was the feather of a turkey that Kyle Rittenhouse shot. And I dipped it in ink and I wrote this beautiful, solemn poem that turned into a list. I was wearing Native American sequoia beads and feeling the nature... I don't know where I'm going with this. Um... The list, things that aren't 100% true, but they're mostly true, okay? Number one, cops that use excessive force are bald. Yeah, I mean, it's not 100% true, but, it, you know. Black women in public with their kids are never not yelling at their kids. Ever. Like, ever. The middle-aged white male that said the N-word at the bar owns at least two pairs of Oakley sunglasses. Might not be 100% true, but it's certainly 99.99% true. Next one. If white women were to go extinct tomorrow, within three months, the level of customer service would become so bad that the retail market across the globe would collapse, commercial real estate would default, the lending industry and banks would be in shambles, mass liquidation would occur, sweatshop workers in the impoverished and third world countries employed by these international corporations would capitalize on the opportunity to revolt, 
triggering a string of violent revolutions and civil wars. Unemployment and supply shortage would skyrocket. The wealth inequality would catapult. Mass protests would break out. Even in the wealthiest of countries, the global elite would pool their assets and flee to a predetermined safe location. Entities like the World Economic Forum and United Nations would leverage military assets across the globe to attempt to quell the mass dissent. A bloody war would break out on a global scale between the elite and neo-peasantry, which would lead to the inevitable use of nuclear weapons by the elite against the peasantry that would force the surviving population to conform to a new brutal caste system that would make the historical account of slavery and torture look like a bubble bath with a glass of champagne and a penthouse suite at the Hyde Park Mandarin or Oriental. I'm out. God. It was too long, but it was also a genius fucking joke. Sweet at the Hyde Park Mandarin Oriental. Um, if you don't know why that's genius, one, I insulted white women and complimented them. Two, I tied back to the same things that make w- white women great that also make them horrible to the same reason that... Uh, I basically say that the horribleness of white women and the greatness of white women allow the country to or the the globe to exist as it is today. And it's all based on how they hold customer service workers uh, accountable to a point of insanity. And that if customer service were to go down, because not only us, but the entire uh, civilized world has turned into a consumer economy. And if the retail market and retail commerce and and re- or, you know retail commercial real estate goes down the entire world will go down because that's the entire that's basically the entire fucking US economy that goes down US economy goes down currency would collapse Russia would go down China would go down if China and Russia and America go down the first thing that's going to happen is revolts in those mines and fucking sweatshops that are in Africa and China second thing that goes down is after a while after the fucking Americans don't have heat and can't watch TV they get a little riled up they start protesting as soon as there's dissent in every fucking corner every pocket of the geographical globe um a, a and I say globe with emphasis and I'll tell you why after this uh, all of a sudden the uh, globalist elite from every country will pool their assets they'll go listen I tie it back to listen I tie back this is a genius joke I'm not even going to explain it to you I make fun of white women and also respect white women and ter- and tie it back to a geopolitical uh, intertwining that that certainly could lead to the destruction of humanity as we know it. As a governmental system, I'm a genius, and I know everything, and you should fucking join the goddamn Patreon. Next one. People who frequent zoos indulge in autoerotic asphyxiation with a dark brown braided belt. Next one. It's cool when a black guy has a short sleeve shirt over another short sleeve shirt, but it's a bit paranoia inducing when a white guy does it. It's not 100% true, but it's true. People who have rodents or reptiles as pets have overbites. Adults who can't swim aren't productive members of society. 
Next one. Every single commercial aired on Fox News has a target demographic of 52-year-old men who wear jeans that are very roomy in the ankles, got really into fathead wall decorations, and swear by their copper tone knee brace that they got because they find Brett Favre a trustworthy source for medical advice. Uh, next one, next thing that's not a 100% true, but it's 99.9% true, whatever this fucking list was. Guys who say it's not cold when it's clearly cold are in a consistent and violent digestive pendulum swing between constipation and flash flood diarrhea. And the last thing that is not 100% true, but it's might as well be, guys who wear the glasses that are just, they're just the lens... I don't know how to explain it. They're just the lens. They don't have like frames outlining the lens. It's just it's just the stem from the ear to the fucking nose. And then it's just lens. You know what I mean? They are the exclusive consumer base for Dr. Scholl's. It's just what it is. Okay. Sean's on the phone. Um just completed the list folks we're going to um so so here's the thing Uh, on the outro i want to explain what we plan on doing with the podcast moving forward with the patreon with everything um number one sean where are you i'm in the car you're in the car um so moving forward i don't see listening to some 41 and then you Listening to what? Some 41. I don't know what that is. It's banned. Okay. Well, bands are gay. Dude, a group of guys just fucking making music, that's fucking gay, dude. That's really fucking gay. But, um, moving forward, we're not, I'm not saying that the podcast has become stale or dry, like the turkey that you had this Thanksgiving. I'm not saying that. It's just that, um, sometimes I don't feel that I bring the noise. I don't bring that energy that I used to when the podcast had first started. And so what we want to do is just tweak. We want to tweak. We want to do a few things that are new. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a, we want to make some, uh, a few changes. We're not turning into something else. We're not, you know, this is not going to turn into uh, a pre-existing catering to flat earthers we're not catering to flat earthers. oh that reminds me so the reason that i said globe with a staunch tone is because i had somebody on rockfin just shitting on me about how i he thought that i was a good person and how i knew that the mainstream media and the government were against the average joe and then he said because i believe that the world is a globe i no longer am a part of 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 a community that believes that um, it's possible that the government doesn't care about its citizens. So um, the point is that I don't feel like I'm bringing the energy like I used to and bringing the noise. I want to bring the energy. I want to bring the noise. You know that. You folks know that. And, uh, you know, Sean has been, um, you know, certainly throughout the Rockfin series, or not the Rockfin, the Patreon, um, He's been a relevant character. And uh, so what I want to do, what we're going to do, we plan on doing, is we're still going to do the solo episodes, but we're going to add uh, Sean as somebody who is a producer. And, um, 
what we're thinking is this will allow me to sort of bounce ideas off of him if I'm, you know, I, listen, when I'm running my mouth alone on the couch, this can become just oblivion. It can become the ether. It can become nothingness. And uh, I need somebody to, as I need a guardrail, basically. I need a guardrail and I need um, the ability to see, you know, I, I need the ability to watch Sean's reaction to my statements to see if this is something intriguing, to see if this is something funny, curious, whatever. I need some real life interaction here. And so what we plan on doing um, early in the, the next year, not necessarily immediately after the new year, but early in the next year, um, you know, we're still going to keep the same structure of a couple of guests a week, a couple solos. And um, it, Sean will be joining me on the solos so I can kind of get a gauge of where I'm at when I'm fucking ranting. I can't be ranting like a lunatic anymore, folks. I can't. And um, also it will allow me to, um, you know, when I when I start going off on a tangent and I, I start talking about something and I can't remember a, a particular stat or a particular fact or something... I can ask Sean to look something up and um, we can then indulge in that conversation in a more meaningful and detailed manner. And I feel that moving forward, this is going to be the best way to continue to do solo episodes. And uh, since Sean has been the, the natural um, second party to me during... Uh, podcasts and uh, Patreon. Yeah, you're well. No, you're not my muse. My muse would be somebody who isn't your muse. The person who you like watch fail. No, I always thought it was the person you love the most. No, that's not a muse. That's definitely not the muse. Like the muse is somebody who like a lot of artists use they have their muses and their muses are constantly like in pain and in suffering. So they paint them in pain and suffering. So they got famous by encapsulating. So it seems like we're on the same page. Okay. Well, the point is folks, uh, we're going to switch it up just a little bit. We're not going, we're going to become a little bit more focused on topics. Um, I had a good, listen, I didn't go too far off the hinge this, this episode. I was fairly focused. I was watching pot. I was listen. I was just got. It was off the tail end of watching a documentary. It's fine. Um, but I just wanted Sean to be a part of this conversation, just so you guys know. And I, I would have assumed he was going to contribute a bit more, but he didn't. And which you know, whatever. He failed, and he disappointed me. But whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, that's what we're going to do with the show. Probably moving forward with the solo episode. Sean's going to be on the solo episodes. He's going to be producing it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're just going to go from here. Sean also has a child, so he can't be here every week, which is why we're going to do guests partially, uh, uh, during throughout the month. We're going to have about two guests episodes and two solo episodes per month. And then if you want more, you got to join the Patreon and that's a, you know, it's five or $10 a month. It ain't much. It ain't much. What are you fucking, what are you paying for fucking? you're paying five to ten dollars per day to fucking do whatever drug you're on okay and i know you're on one you're not on none okay i know what you're on something and you're paying more probably per day so just it's five to ten if you want more but that's what we plan on doing 
and it's going to be fun. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. But that's what we plan on doing. Sean, do you have anything to add? Did I miss anything? Oh, by the way, how did you feel when I told you that there was a fan asking me about... That he asked me basically to tell him your uh, your daughter's name. How did you feel when I told you that? So I've never wanted to hate someone as much as I did when you said that story. I don't think you want to. I, here's the thing. I, I think I think he probably didn't ask from a malignant standpoint. I think he was. I, I truly. Here's my best guess. I think he probably just was sincerely curious because he was a Patreon viewer and he knows you. Okay. So the love is still there. I'm just disgusted. It's a bit. Yeah. It's a little, it's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Like I'll go out, I'll hang out. He can buy me a beer, but I'm never going to tell him the name. No, you, well, no, you shouldn't. That's weird. It's just weird. I, I don't know. Listen to the, to the person who did that, who I think may have already canceled his Patreon subscription after he may have, I think he, he might not be a fan anymore, but if he is, listen, it's just a bit intrusive. Well, that's, that's poor taste. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, don't cancel because we rag on you. Well, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is that, um, the point is, Sean, my fans clearly want to harm your family (laughs) and we need to make sure that we are supplementing the energy that they would need to be able to somehow find where you live and brutally break in and beat you and your family to death i think that it's i live at 32 morgan drive okay well i don't that's not true by the way um I'm not. I don't even have to bleep that out because it was a good fake street, though. It was. Yeah. It was. Um, okay. All right. Do you have anything else to add? Because I'm going to wrap this up. No, I'm. I'm literally on this conversation while I'm trying to go in and get slices for dinner. All right. Well, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to end this then. All right. All right. Bye. So that's it, folks. We plan on doing something a little bit more structured moving forward in the new year, and that is, uh, you know, we'll see how that works. We're trying new things. I'm not saying that the show got stale or dry or anything. I just, um, you know, me personally, I think that I'm, I sometimes when I sit here on the couch and I'm just alone and I'm watching TV, I feel like I'm losing energy. I don't have anybody to bounce back. The, I don't have any reciprocator. I don't have an interlocutor. I don't have anything that's bouncing back the energy that I'm putting out in the world. So I get a little uh, discouraged or I run out of steam or something. I don't know. I don't know the best way to describe it, but it is what it is. We're coming. We're going to come at you with a, a bit uh, of a new structured show, but you know what it's going to be. You hating motherfuckers know what time it is. You know, we're not changing. We're not fucking softening up a bit, brother. We're coming up. We're coming heavy, dude. We're coming heavy. We're coming heavy. We're, we're 10 dogs deep. We're coming heavy, dude. You know that. Come on now. I got a bulletproof vest with no gun. Come on now. 
I'm wearing panties that fucking get up all into my ass crack and I haven't wiped in three days. Come on now, you know that. You know that. I'm shoving flushable wipes up my dick hole, dude, just to clean it out because that thing is filthy after the girls that I've fucked. Come on now, no disrespect to my girlfriend. Of course I'm not cheating on her. Come on now. I fill balloons full of heroin and I put them in the fucking pools of public, uh, you know, little inner city youth public pools. You know, come on now. We're doing a lot of come on now. Come on now. Come the fuck on about it. Oh, you know, is it is a holiday season? I stuffed the turkey with fucking with fucking tacks so that when they take a bite into it, they cut the roof of their mouth. Come on now. Dude, I'm doing mass marketing for Connecticut Children's Hospital and put paint and swastikas on the heads of the fucking cancer patients. Come on now. You know what it is? We're just doing a little bit. We're just doing a little bit different is all. We just want to energize the show is all. Okay? I forget what I said at the beginning was going to be the title, but I think come on now. Come on now. That's going to be the title. Come on now. And if you heard the, 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 whatever it was that I said in the middle of the episode that was going to be the, uh, the, the title and you didn't stick around to hear, come on now. Well, that's on you, brother. If you quit early and you heard me promise you that I was going to, you know, put that as the title, whatever it was, I forget at this point. And you go, why is the title come on now? Well, you didn't stick around, and now I know who you are. Okay? Come on now. Come on now. Come the fuck on about it. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Home now, big shooter. Home now, big shooter. We, I gotta go. I gotta go. It's time to go. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Join the, join the Patreon. Tell your friends. Tell your family. I hope you enjoyed Thanksgiving. I hope you kiss somebody on the on their penis, and I hope you kiss somebody on their clitoris. It's good to kiss people on the penis and the clitoris. And I love you, and thank you for thank you for joining me. I love you. I love you. Come cuddle with me. 